Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ Branson and Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. So we decided we were going to do some hot and some cold streaks. There were so many of each that we decided to break it apart into two episodes here. Do a little splitty split. We're going to do the hot streaks tonight, and we're going to bring the cold streaks into tomorrow's episode, just for the sake that we can we can dive into these a little bit more. Let's dive into the headlines first, then we're going to get to the injuries. We'll go right to the uh, we'll go right to the hot streaks. Then I think the headlines here have got to be Ilya Kovalchuk's first game and Peter Laviolette getting fired. It's another coach down. I mean, number one's got to be Laviolette here. Yeah, for sure. So how are you taking this this Laviolette firing here? They've said that a replacement is to be announced. So it sounds more like that they have something in mind rather than something in-house where most teams are like, okay, Rick Bonus going to be serving as interim coach. Okay, Jeff Ward, our assistant coach, is going to be serving as you know interim. And, that, and that's how it's been because we've seen so many of them this year. It's kind of easy to trend them a little bit. But this one, they say, is to be announced. They play tomorrow in Boston or today as you're listening to this. Are they going to throw a curveball at us? There, there are some names out there. It feels like when your girlfriend breaks up with you and starts dating somebody right away because she already met her new boyfriend. All she had to do was dump your crap ass. <laughs> How many ex-girlfriends do you have that look like Peter Laviolette, though? None, unfortunately. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. But, okay, so the names that you said that were out there. Right, Obviously, yeah. there's there's Mike Babcock, uh-huh. who, who I think is the best available coach. Apart from Peter Laviolette, <laughs> I know you're a big fan of him. It's just they have not been able to get things off the ground this year. Their power play, they brought in Dan Lambert. I think I'm remembering that name correctly from the Spokane Chiefs to kind of fix the power play. It's still middle of the pack. Uh, well, their goaltending is just atrocious. I could see Peter DeBoer coming in pretty much well acclimated, having dealt with that for the entirety of the season on himself. But um, I do like this Babcock. It would be super interesting. Well, I know that you like Peter DeBoer in this situation. I don't know if he can really... I don't know. I'm not as high on DeBoer as you are. I guess between Babcock and DeBoer, it would be more of a toss-up. I'm leaning Babcock. Then you got John Hines out there. Mm-hmm. You don't want you don't want any Hines 57 on your hot dog? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't either. He's a distant third. Like we've said many times this season, it's not a good option, but it's an option. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, there's no sense kind of tripping over wires that we haven't even seen yet, but what are some things that you are kind of hoping for? Whatever coach there is, I guess, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with we don't know which coach it is, so why bother talking about it? But again, what's on your wish list from the new coach in in Nashville here? I think we got to trade Rene. Yeah? Got to trade Rene. You got to have somebody that's going to bite, though, you know? Saying this all year. All right, so maybe... Rene got to go they got to get something in return as far as, like, a young player and a draft pick and start fresh. That's what they need. They need a fresh start with a fresh coach. Make UC Saros the man. Yeah, I think that is the bottom line that I was kind of hoping you would cap space. you would wind up at. Cap space. Nobody's going to bite on a Pecorine, though. I don't know. Who's a good fit? Really? Who's a good fit? Carolina, up against the cap. San Jose, up against the cap. There's nobody... That what would if, be interested in a six Ari- million dollar. Arizona gets bad news. They might be in on Georgiev because we're gonna we're gonna get to that too. Igor Shostyorkin got called up, and now they're riding three goalies right now. Can so, you say that three times fast? 
I don't want to try. Don't make me. I want to. I, I want to hear you try. Come on. Igor Sestjorkin. Igor Sestjorkin. Igor Sestjorkin. It was difficult <laughs> and barely passable, but I think C's get degrees, man. But anyway, okay. So on my wish list, I want to see Matthew Shane on the top line. Ryan Johansson in the middle of a cold streak. Uh, Matthew Shane, no superstar himself this year, but a shakeup. You know, there's got to be. A change in the zeitgeist in the room. They have to. They have to do something else. The culture is not there. They they peaked in 2016 against the 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 Penguins, and it's just been downhill since there. Oh yeah, this is zeitgeist. It's very zeitgeist, yeah. It's very European of you. <laughs> very very sexy. I'm not wearing any pants either right now, so I know you can only see me from the the torso up. So I'm feeling yeah. Very I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Never tell. know. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's on my wish list. I want to see UC Soros get a little bit more of that top spot. It's in the cards anyway. You know, that's the future. So you might as well just embrace it now. Maybe the Lions see a shakeup. There are certain players like Craig Smith, Nick Benino, Rocco Grimaldi. That line, from like an advanced stats point of view, is one of the best lines in the league. From expected goals for the only line that has better goals for percentage is the Chandler Stevenson line in Vegas with Stone and Pacioretty. That's the only line with better per 60 rate stats. Who knows if that's going to come to fruition. I would imagine, like, okay, Jeff Ward, the head coach now in Calgary. Bill Peters was rocking the Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm top line. And Jeff Ward said, no, I'm going to do something different. And here we are, how many months later, how many weeks later, whatever, and that top line's back together. Like, he had Johnny Gaudreau on the third line. He was He was trying all this stuff, and eventually... He just fell back into place with what Bill Peters was doing. Okay, go down to Dallas, mixed everything up, said, oh, I'm, I'm breaking up the, the, the amazing top line. How many weeks later? The amazing top line's back together. But that happens on almost every team, every year. That happens to every team every year. Very rarely does any coach just stick with like a top line, <laughs> boom, 100%. All right. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That happens every year. Okay, but but the point I'm getting at is there's going to be something, at least for like three weeks, you know? They're going to try something different. And me... Um, Colin Blackwell on the top line. No. It, it's it, Maybe. <laughs> Who knows what the hell they're going to do. Um, they might get some interesting call-ups. We might see Tolvanen. We might see Philip Tomasino. You know, they might do something interesting. But I think... It's, there's going to be some growing pains. Uh, who knows if it's going to be like Calgary where they go out and they win seven in a row. I'll take the under on that. I think I'll take the under too, um, especially <laughs> if they're still riding those two goalies. But let's just let's, let's put a pin in it. Let's come back to this tomorrow, and we'll see who the coach is, what practice lines might look like. It's going to be all rapid fire. Maybe they go with the assistant coach you know, just for the Boston game and then make an announcement and blah, blah, blah. It takes a couple days to come. Full circle, but uh, we'll see. Okay, so so are you taking Peter DeBoer and I'm taking Mike Babcock on this one? Let's do it. Okay. All right. Next up is the Kovalchuk debut. Um, he had an assist, four shots on goal, six hits, a block, and ranked second amongst forwards in time on ice. One of his shots was on the power play. I'm pretty sure that was the, the only power play shot for the Habs in the entire game. Uh, he was top yeah. line, top power play, as expected. So it was an interesting game. Does this... Stat line, does it change your mind at all? I know yesterday you were completely turned off about Ilya Kovalchuk in its entirety. I, I think it's okay. So 
I'll also add this. It's the, a the season high thing, time on ice for him. The same thing that I said about Taylor Hall or any like semi-good player that goes to a new team. He doesn't know that system. They're going to tell him to just go out there and shoot, play some hockey. It's not like he's running actual plays with them to the fullest extent. So do I think that he could have a quick little two, three-game stretch where he does really well? Yeah, but do I see him being a mainstay on that top line? No, I don't. And there's another point is uh, Brendan Gallagher is going to travel with the team to Detroit, but he's not going to play. Uh, it's the second half of a back-to-back. He's probably just like hanging out with his buds, and then they come back home. So I don't know if it's a good sign. I don't know if it's a bad sign, but that's what's happening. Well, so, traveling with the team is never a bad sign. He's not going to play, and it, it's not like Still. they're on a road trip or anything. Um, I, I think he just wants to keep his spirits up or something. And Suzuki had a little bit of a scare in the first period. He ran straight into Tucker Pullman. It was all his fault, so you can't hate Tucker Pullman at all. He came back later, so it, it was a good sign. All right, man, let's take our first break here, and then we're going to get to the injuries and the hot streaks. All right, so speaking of players that are uh, traveling with the team here, Sidney Crosby is going to travel with the Penguins on their three-game road trip, so that's a good sign. Cody Glass now labeled week-to-week. He's dealing with a bone bruise. Dustin Brown has returned from his illness, but Tyler Toffoli keeps his spot on the top line, but not his top power play spot. So a little bit of a ding in value there. Mackenzie Blackwood, questionable for Tuesday's game against the Islanders. He's sick, so 50 well, if, 50 if you were going to pick up Mackenzie Blackwood playing against the Islanders, then you got some pretty big balls already. Uh, let's get into some of these hot streaks, man. Some of them are just super easy that we don't really need to dig into, um, considering their ownership and stuff, like guys like uh, Jaden Schwartz, you know, seventy, almost 70% owned in ESPN and Yahoo. So it's just more or less acknowledging that they're happening. Uh, Going to start off with Jakob Silverberg. Nine points in his last 12 games played. Have you seen his shots lately? 16 shots in his last three games. This is nuts. Someone's got to shoot. <laughs> Someone's got to shoot. He's got 31 shots in his last 12. Things look good under the hood, too. Hits are there in the last few, but that is not, that's not who he is. So just enjoy them because they happened. Just don't count on them. It's probably just a blip there. The shooting percentage is a bit high for the league, but not for... Silverberg. Uh, it's only about 10% higher than it was last year. He's on pace for 56 points, 182 shots, getting about 50% of the power play time on ice. That's how they run those power plays, half and half. He's got good offensive deployment. I think he's pretty much what he's shown us. He's a 55-point guy, and if that's valuable in your league, he's got limited shots, fleeting hits. If that's valuable to you, I think that's one to hit on. 28% in Yahoo, 48% in ESPN. So coming up next is a guy that we have definitely already spoken about, and that's Nikita Gusev, who in his last nine games has 10 points. But that's not just it. He's been doing this for, well, a lot longer than just those nine games. He has 16 points in his last 18, 19 in his last 25. Dual eligible, left wing and right wing, around 20% in each league, 21 in Yahoo and 18 in ESPN. And since Taylor Hall has been gone, this this is what we said. He's been on fire. Stretches back even further than that, too. Yeah, right. Well, pretty much right before he left. But, I mean, since Taylor Hall has left, that's really when it's been noticeable. Mm. Um, Now, I know we called him Nikita Gusegg earlier in the year. Very early, yeah. It was justified. (laughs) Yeah. He was was playing shitty, getting shit minutes, and the shitty fourth line. 
he wasn't doing it, but also we talked about how he didn't look comfortable on the, on the ice. He wasn't yeah. moving. He wasn't playing NHL hockey. He was playing KHL hockey. So is this looking like maybe he has found his NHL legs? I think he is kind of like assimilated to a degree. He He's there. And with the availability that New Jersey has to offer right now, with that absence of Taylor Hall, I think Gusev is thriving. It also kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that, in my opinion, New Jersey has just thrown this season to the wind. They couldn't give a shit less. I mean, somehow they're they're winning. They they're winning want games another there there. one, number one pick. And I think they might get it. So they could. <laughs> they could. They're gonna. They're gonna be a lottery team. I think that's a yeah. that's a good bet to make. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been on Gusev's tail for a couple weeks now, but now I think we're we're starting to hear his name a little bit more and more around the industry and on different podcasts. It's definitely starting to catch on. And his ownership is going up as a result. Gusev is definitely a guy that I like if you're looking for just offense and literally only offense. He his shot rates are up. That's a bit encouraging, and he'll give you a little bit of shots. But he's he's really not going to. I think he's on pace for like 19 hits this year, and they're probably all accidents. He has single digit hits and blocks. Yeah, that's you're not going to get a lick of any of that. I remember looking at his stats in the KHL, and he had like six hits on the year, and I'm like. No way. This no must way. be some sort of misprint. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was something really weird. That's just who he is. So I remember looking at the same stats and being like, okay, his shot rates are great. He shoots almost three times a game. The goals are there. This is going to translate really well. Everybody was disappointed. Everybody was super high on Gusev coming into the year. And uh, I think that's that bad taste that people have. And you got to get rid of it because, I mean, we've, we've told you, 19 points in his last 25 games, he's on a tear. All right, next up, I'm going to blow through a few here. Connor Garland and Ryan Dezingle. Garland has five points in his last five games. He's playing top line right now, which is pretty neat. He's at 11% in Yahoo, 8% in ESPN. He's a left wing, right wing. He is shooting way above his expected goals for. What I've noticed about Connor Garland in the past few years is he just goes on these, these very condensed stretches of unsustainability, and then he levels it out with a with a crazy cold streak. So on the season, when you look at his numbers, they're they're pretty level. It's only because he goes like eight points in six games on three shots. And then he goes, you know, 11 games with one point or something. So uh, when Connor Garland is hitting, he's hitting hard. And that's the point at which you got to get on Connor Garland. If you can withstand those cold streaks, uh, go for it. But right now, Connor Garland, we're in the middle of it. All right, next up is Ryan Dezingle, who's got six points in his last six games played. Shooting at a three shots a game pace over his last six. Two goals, four assists, one point on the power play. The shots are great. He's on pace for almost 200, but he's only looking at 42 points this year when you pace it out. Solid streamer, but in my opinion, that is it in 12-teamers or less. He's a left-wing, right-wing, 16% in Yahoo, 22% in ESPN. Zach, I want to get your take on this guy, Dominique Kubalik. I know that's not how you say it, but I like the alliteration there. Nine points in eight games. Left-wing, right-wing, 5% in Yahoo, 2% in ESPN. He's got six points in his last five. Three of those were assists collected against Vancouver. Nine points in his last eight games played with four goals, five assists in that eight-game span. Getting 15.03 average time on ice, 18 shots on goal, but shooting at 22.2%. Over the last month, the shots are pretty good. The hits are good. He's on pace for over 100 hits this season, 114 to be exact. Pretty standard for him. He's getting second power play time, top line with Jonathan Taze. What do you think? Is he worth kind of just like a, a slow stream, just like a, a coffee date with him in 12-teamers or less? Or how do you like him? 
I find it hard to get totally behind it. For I the feel like Chicago purpose, has that that shroud around it. It's hard to get uh, in, in on anybody there. I actually I like the second and third line better. Mm. We've talked pretty extensively about Jonathan Tays and what to expect. I don't expect a lot of points if Jonathan Tays is the one leading that line. On the other side, you have John Quinville. Not feeling it. I'm just not. Uh, I think that one's going to slow down, and it's going to slow down really quickly. Now, if he were to go down to that second line, however, and play with Patrick Kane, then I'm a little more interested. Yeah, the offense isn't really there. But just lately, lately it is. So I'm wondering what your take is here. Obviously, this to me is not a a long-term ad. Uh, He's shooting over 20% in his last month, so I don't trust it for like a long-term or anything. But the name of the game is getting in on these streaks, and it looks like... We're either in the middle of one or on the ass end of one. I'm just trying to figure out where you think we are in this streak. It's going pear-shaped, if you ask me. It's going pear-shaped. It is. So I think we're on the end of it. Um, I I, also think we're on the end of it. Uh, His ice time is just so odd. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. Chicago has had a kind of easier schedule as of late. A little bit of the Zach Hyman thing where he piled on a bunch of points against easy opponents. It, it's just that if I'm looking for points, because that's pretty much what he's going to give you, and that's about it. I mean, he'll give you some. Last game, he had four hits. He's on pace I mean, for over 100. Well, I'm not sold. All right. Now, now, am I fine with... I've even... Lo- I'm not going to lie. I've, I've thought about picking him up, and I decided against it. Um, I think it all really kind of... Like, I thought about picking him up for that Detroit matchup. Mm. And I would have gotten something for it, but I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger, and I and I didn't get that goal. But I think it's going to be all matchup-wise. You put him going against Vegas, I think he's not going to get as many points as you think. I mm. think you can find points somewhere else if that's what you're looking for. All right, so it's kind of just a spot start if, if the matchup's right. Agreed. All right, Craig Smith, another one who's in the middle of a tear here, 11 points in his last nine games. Granted, we have a new coach on the way in, so I'm curious to see whether or not he's going to be rewarded with better deployment. Right now, 60% of his shifts start in the offensive zone, so when I say better deployment, I mean like an upgrade from the third line. As I was saying before, his his line mates in Grimaldi and Benino, they, they have the second most lethal goals per 60, only to that Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone line. That's both an expected goals percentage and expected goals for per 60. So there's a solid chance that they keep that line together where they're at. Uh, but regardless, this stretch of games, going back 15 games here where he has 13 points, he's only got 13 minutes average time on ice, but still a cool three shots a game right at 45. Uh, shooting at almost 18%, two points on the power play, 18 pims in this 15-game stretch too. 13% in Yahoo, 24% in ESPN. The hits are okay. It's a touch less than one per game. Are we too late on this Craig Smith train? I think so, and but I do agree with you. I think it all depends on, dude, he needs to get up there into that top six because what's killing him is this time on ice. He has had his lowest average time on ice for his entire career at just over 13 minutes. That doesn't help me want to hold on to you. That shooting percentage is right on par with his career average. Now, he's looking at getting 40 points this year, which is not too shabby. I like the Pims. Not doing much on hits, not doing much on blocks. He's right around a hit per game. It's that time on ice. I can't do it. 
in his last five alone in an overtime game that went full overtime, he had 16.45, by far his highest of late. Ten and a half minutes, 10.46, 11.41, Those are well under 13 minutes. I see where you're coming from. Ten minutes a game? Uh, dude, I can't, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. All right, next up, I got a couple of senators here. Sound familiar? I got Nick Paul and Connor Brown. Nick Paul, four points in four games. Uh, you might remember him from the two-week period where I was just absolutely obsessed with Senators. He collected those those four points in his last four games. It was in a three-game stretch, and those are his only points that he's had in his last 16 games, where he only has 25 shots, but still somehow shooting around 12%. I guess that's just how math works, uh, having three goals. But uh, 13 minutes average time on ice, under 1% in ESPN, 1% in Yahoo. Center left wing, the hits are more than decent, on pace for almost 200 hits this year. But that's about all you can count on from Nick Paul here. Uh, any interest? Just for a hit stream, maybe? If I'm looking to buy myself a cat for the day, then yeah. I mean, if, if he's getting that many hits, he's worth it. Because, I mean, he also might throw in a point or two if you're lucky. But it's, it's hits alone. I like Connor Brown much better. <laughs> He's got four points in his last five, 10 in his last 14. The minutes are about as good as they can get in Ottawa if you're somebody other than Thomas Shabbat. The 49-point pace He's that he's on. over 20 minutes a game. Yeah, Connor Brown has been their leading forward for time on ice. It's still, he's on pace for only 49 points. A point every other game with an occasional two-point game is, I think, what we can expect here. Great for a stream. And I think that's about it. 50-point guy. You know, that's what we're looking at in streamers. Left wing, right wing, 5% in Yahoo, 7% in ESPN. I know you're a big fan of streaming him, so I think we can both settle on the fact that in our 12-team league, that's what he is. He's a streamer. Don't get me wrong. No, he 100% is a streamer. But anybody that I'm trying to stream, if you have a 50% chance of getting a point when I stream you, mm-hmm. I like those odds. Th- those are damn good fantasy odds. 50%, yeah, I'll take it. Real quick, TJ, let's throw in that second break. We are going to be coming back, and we will finish talking about these hot streaks. we got a couple more coming up for you. All right, we are going to start off talking to goalie, Aaron Dell. Six out of the last nine starts have gone to Dell. Five of those games have been above league average in save percentage with one clunker. It was on a low event game against Arizona. I think there was like 19 shots against or something in the span. 2.51 goals allowed and a 9-2-1 save percentage. Those five quality starts in six games played uh, from a San Jose goalie. Like, what the hell? But anyway, I think the crease has definitely shifted to Dell. They're probably going to get rid of Jones and bring in Georgiev, but uh, who knows? But yeah, like we were saying, Shostyorkin, they're they're rolling with three goalies right now. Anybody who's ever even seen a Rangers jersey has been begging New York management to trade Georgiev and get some value out of him. Jess Jorkin is going to see his NHL debut against Colorado this week. So that's going to be a blast to watch. I don't know if he's going to be able to take it, so we'll see. If he stays in the NHL, can we just call him Shesty, please? For sure. Just just Shesty. Igor Shesty? Yeah. All right. All right, Jaden Schwartz. This is, uh, I just kind of want to breeze over it. He has a lot of points in a couple he, of games. He has a lot of points. Uh, it's dominant to the point where he's got a 25% shooting percentage in this nine-game span. 
70% ESPN, 61% Yahoo. I don't want to spend too much time on it. If he's available, you got to get in on him because I totally buy into this 65 to 70 point Jaden Schwartz this year. Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. It turns out that uh, Tarasenko being out is working just fine for Jaden Schwartz. All right, next up, Tanner Pearson, man. 12 points in his last 13 games, 22 hits in that span, eight points in his last five on pace for 59 points this year. He's bolstered by an eight power play point season so far, and that's from the second power play unit. The second power play unit does not see that much time. He's got 30 points already on pace for over 100 hits, over 200 shots. That's the good news. The bad news is that he's knocking on a 60-point door that I don't believe in. He's sporting a seven. This this is your guy. This is my guy. So I still got him for 55. I still got him for 55, over 100 hits and over 200 shots, which to me is like borderline holdworthy in a 12-team league. Now, what I don't like about him is his 75% IPP, which is right around McDavid's level of production. That's where he hangs out at. Um, So it's a bit high for somebody of Pearson's caliber. It's not impossible. It's just improbable. He's shooting at 33.3% over his last five games with an on-ice shooting percentage over 20 and shots that are way below what he's been doing this season so far. Basically, what I'm getting at is he's not an over point-per-game player that he's been for the last couple weeks, but he's definitely going to help you out a little bit everywhere, right around a 50 to 55-point pace the rest of the season. Still widely available, 25% ESPN, 32% in Yahoo!, did you know that Tanner Pearson, since going to Vancouver, has 42 points in 61 games? That's a 69% rate. That's consistent. That's right around 50, 57 points, I think, is the point pace there. If what, it's 69%, round it up to 70. And even though I hate hearing you talk about Tanner Pearson fucking constantly, you got to love that shot percentage. Right on par with his career average. 11.5 this year. Career? 11.6. Mm-hmm. Things are looking good to solidify that as it's not just a hot streak. Over the last two weeks, it's a hot streak for sure. But on the season, oh, the, oh no, this over is the last yeah. two weeks. I'm saying, I'm saying, in the long run, this is what we're gonna get. So, I'm He's a big not fan gonna be a point per game guy, but he will be a point seven point per game guy, which I'm totally fine with. All right, man. It is my favorite part of the episode where I get to talk about Kyler Yamamoto. He's been in the NHL this season for four games, and already he's made two episodes. Tonight, he added another goal, two hits, and a shot. He's up to three points in four games, keeping those hits alive. He's, what, 13 in four games for a guy of his stature? Yeah. I just want to bring him up because if this continues, uh, he's going to be a very valuable own. Uh, Lastly here, I got Adam Boquist. Uh, Maybe it's not a hot streak, but since he's gotten the top power play, He's got two points in three games. The minutes are way up in comparison. He's shooting a bit more, too. And I really like this look for him. So I'm wondering, at what point do you do you buy in? I might be buying in soon. Yeah, me too. I need some defensemen. And I'm always looking for something new. I like the fact that he's getting that power play time. That is the biggest part of it all. If he loses it, I'm totally out. Okay? Me too. This is ride or die on that top power play unit for me. I'm le- I'm leaving my bags. I'm just getting in the car and moving. All right. So the guys who just missed the cut, Tyler Myers, just roundabout way, uh, it's already over. So if you own him, congratulations, but don't expect it going forward. RNH, I think we're seeing. I like RNH. We're getting a little bit closer to who he is, but I think it's still a little too hot. There was just a barn burner tonight. I think he pulled one assist. 
uh, in a six-goal game. Sean Monahan, right back to where he is. Uh, Jake Vertanen, I think he's up to nine points in ten games. Uh, Tyson Berry, looking real good lately. Tyson Berry is just making good hockey decisions on the ice, Can't which is leading Can't to disagree. points for Tyson Berry. Can't disagree with that logic. Uh, lastly, Alex Iafalo entered another goal tonight, just piling on his hot play lately. Super low owned. And then Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. He's got five points in five games or something like that. So, man, that's going to wrap it up right. for our for our hot streaks here. Uh, we're going to catch you guys tomorrow when we do cold streaks. And there's going to be... Some Toros in the atmosphere? Some what? Some Toros in the atmosphere. I don't know what that means. There, it's it's going to be cold. Is that like a meteorology term or something? Absolutely not. Toros. You know, know what? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you. I, I hope I hope somebody tweets at us and lets <laughs> and lets you know about there being Taurus in the atmosphere. All right. Because Burr, it's cold in here. This is probably a rap music thing, isn't it? This is not a rap music thing. I'm not talking. We're not talking about any rapists right now. Just the way you said Burr, it's cold in here. It's like uh, sounds like a rapist thing. All right, that's going to be the end of it. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Fantasy NHL. You can join our Discord. The link's going to be in the description here. We'd be absolutely stunned if you guys left a review for us, especially a good one. That would be excellent, and uh, we're going to catch you tomorrow. I'd be, more, I'd be more stunned if you left a bad review. Uh, I'd I don't be know. very stunned. I, I, I think you're great. TV. We've had some clunkers. I give you five stars, Zach. You're great. Stamp, stamp. All right, guys, love yous. Love yous.